Hello and welcome to Questonia, the podcast about Estonian news and culture. Uh, I'm S. Garlic. No, Mary Selvand this time, although she promised me promises me that she is coming back uh, next week. So um, it, looking forward to that. But I'm talking this time to Vortile Pai, um, who is the special advisor or for the uh, previous government's interior minister and leader of the Social Democrats, uh, Lauri Larnemetz. Um, and uh, you're in kind of a unique position, Vortile, because previously you performed a similar position for the Reform Party, the largest party in the new government uh, that's uh, about to be announced um, in next week, the new coalition government. Um, so you're aware of how both of those parties work, and um, you, you've been able to advise on kind of both sides of, a, uh, of, of, of many debates. So the one that we're talking about is the marriage equality debate, because um, for a while it looked as though marriage equality wouldn't be in the coalition agreement uh, for the new coalition. Um, that struck many people who had uh, voted for those parties as a disappointment, given that uh, you, you've got uh, three three ostensibly liberal parties, um, the uh, Reform Party, Social Democrats and SD200, two of which had uh, marriage equality um, in the, and ratifying the uh, Cohabitation Act in their election manifestos and one that they felt was uh, uh, malleable towards it, the Reform Party. But uh, you wrote a long Facebook post which uh, um, struck me as the best post I had seen or the best piece of writing I'd seen on the topic, given that it was fact-based and it wasn't going into emotions and uh, it was just sticking to why you felt at that time it wouldn't work. Well, today we have news from sources close to the coalition agreement that it's likely that we will get marriage equality as part of the coalition agreement. So I guess my question, Vortilla, is what changed there? Well, uh, first of all, hi, Stuart, and um, thank you for inviting me. Uh, true, uh, currently, I, I, I am. Uh, Lauri Lannemis is still, is still uh, currently the Minister of <laughs> Interior, uh, uh, and we'll see in, in coming weeks, weeks whether he will uh, continue in, in that position. Uh, and it's also true that uh, uh, eight, now eight years ago, um, so it was the elections of uh, 2000. 2015, I think. Yeah, 2015 elections. Uh, just shortly before that, I uh, um, I was um, I took up the post of um, media advisor uh, at the parliament faction of um, Reform Party, uh, and and I worked at this position for uh, for a year. And and of course, I mean, even even after that, I've I've, I've kept in touch with with people at the Reform Party, and and I kind of I kind of have a I have a sense of what's going going on there, and and who are the key personalities, and and also what are the internal factions, um, and uh, uh, well, you you. Uh, the, this is true that when um, after the these these elections, when Reform Party um, proposed uh, uh, Social Democrats and uh, Estonia 200 to form a coalition, 
Uh, I noticed that, uh, and as did many other people, that this actually might be the coalition to be uh, to go uh, all so-called all, all in with uh, with the marriage equality, uh, not just not just the uh, cohabitation law, uh, but uh, but the marriage equality in itself. However, pretty much from the get-go, um, I started sensing from the Reform Party side that. Uh, compared to us, the Social Democrats, and the, uh, the ASD 200, <clears throat> uh, Reform Party was, was kind of, uh, they really wanted to ignore the, um, the issue of uh, marriage equality. So, uh, of course, I asked around um, what's going on, but I, I already had a, had a sense that um, Reform Party has such... Um, uh, such a wide electorate, and and they they were they were picking up uh, votes and mandates from all over Estonia, not only um, Tallinn and the urban areas, but but also also regions where maybe marriage equality might be a little uh, step too far, slightly uh, for for those voters there. Um, and uh, it's true that Reform Party they didn't have in their program. They didn't have marriage equality in their program. So this is not something that they promised their voters. And uh, their claim that, you know, this shouldn't be expected from them was kind of correct. However, I noticed that when when the news started breaking out, many people, um, especially reform supporters, and even, uh, even some, some of the uh, more progressive uh, reform party members themselves were um, getting quite vocal uh, about that, that, that they are disappointed that their um, that their party and and the, that Kaya Kallas might be uh, shying away from the opportunity to actually uh, push the agenda a bit further. So, I guess I guess I guess the reason was that they really they hadn't thought this true uh, amongst the Reform Party itself. And so um, initially, maybe they thought that uh, they can just like sweep it under the carpet, carpet just uh, um, move along with the civil partnership or cohabitation law, however we call it, and that, that should do the job. But uh, I guess why I wrote the Facebook post that you're referring to was that it, it seemed to me that that uh, maybe just like a slight critical nudge might be helpful for the reform party itself to better understand what they uh, what, what is uh, that that their voters are actually would expect them not to be on the way if not the, maybe maybe reform party voters are not expecting them to be the most progressive ones in this particular subject, but they would be also disappointed if Reform Party was the one to kind of like uh, um, <laughs> act as the party pooper or uh, or, or or just like uh, uh, pull breaks on this one uh, on the marriage equality issue in in that coalition. So I, I didn't I didn't expect quite quite that big of a buzz or or feedback mm. around that. That Facebook post, but I, but I guess, I guess maybe yes, it gave some some arguments. And well, now if we look at 
like the most recent uh, recent developments uh, that that the marriage, marriage equality actually is on the table and it might be a part of the coalition agreement. It's not one hundred percent sure yet, but we have we are getting some quite good signals. So I, I guess maybe maybe uh, the kind of uh, slight public pressure and and that they got that the reform party itself they kind of realized better what is what is expected from them by the public and their own uh, progressive wing of the party. Yeah. And um, to, to think a bit philosophically about what this means about how the different political parties work, I, I think it, it shed light, it lifted the rock and showed the bugs on a few things that maybe people needed to know. Um, one, one of which is that the Reform Party just works differently to most parties. I mean, I, I'm sure you would join me in, you know, disliking um 99% of the policies that ECRA stands for, if not 100%. But one thing you can say about ECRA is, and this is probably the reason why they only got 17% of the vote in the election, um, they, uh, what, what, they st- what they say they stand for, they, they stand for. And, uh, you know, they, they've had their chances to pretend to be a, no- a more normal centrist party, and they don't want to do that. Um, you know the reform party the center party they they are the classic sort of um uh, reeds that bend in the wind and um so as you say in your i, I think we can call it an essay um the, <laughs> the the reform party are always looking ahead to the next election that they're always looking 10 moves ahead on the chessboard and um at the time you thought that they were saving up marriage equality as something that could be used um on the liberal agenda for the next election but uh, um it, it it does seem as though they are keenly aware that there is now a city versus country divide and they want to try and play both sides on that do you think they can play both sides of the city versus country divide if they uh, fall behind marriage equality as with their two coalition partners well, I guess I guess they really had to uh, consider their own arguments for a moment there, because their 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 claim was that uh, marriage equality equality would be uh, uh, way too polarizing and it would create an unnecessary uh, um, internal kind of divisions and and maybe conflict uh, amongst um, amongst the people. And then they even <laughs> they went as bold as they kind of like said that that you know we are um, we are. Uh, navigating through difficult times security wise and this is not a good this is not a good time and this is not a priority at the moment because you know there's a war going on but i mean this this was the most ridiculous argument really because because i mean it's it's well, it's ukraine I, it's ukraine I, yeah that's I mean, a war I, and, I, as, and, as you, and and they have a legislation on marriage equality uh, at their uh radar right now as as you, as you said in your writing, and I found this the funniest part. Um, you know, um, you, I'm paraphrasing now, but uh, you, you said people who don't want marriage equality to be on the agenda in Estonia because of Ukraine. Um, do you know where marriage equality is on the agenda? Actually, Ukraine. I I I just laughed when I read that. So yeah. Well, yeah, but but that's 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 the, that's the truth, and uh, and I guess I guess Reform Party they just they just needed the, the figly to kind of like. Uh, hide behind and and they they they, they then realized how ridiculous it is uh, as well maybe they hadn't like snapped out of the election campaign where well they basically they were just saying the one phrase you know security security uh you know um uh, and, and they were just like everything was about security and defense and 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 whatnot 
So so maybe maybe they were just they hadn't kind of like gotten over from the election campaign yet, and and they didn't like really had like a good sense of how ridiculous this um, uh, making such um, connections that, that this this might might seem like quite odd or 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 borderline ridiculous. Um, so, so yeah, and and the other argument, uh, the other argument was yeah that, that this is um, this is too polarizing. Um, but the the logic is that the the cohabitation law was always polarizing. Uh, the uh, amending the uh, you know passing the amendments uh, or or the uh, enforcement acts on the cohabitation agreement, this would be also polarizing. Mm. And then it would still leave us with the next step, the marriage equality at some point, which, which, which should be a goal. And then it's again polarizing. So, you know, it, it, at the end, it doesn't really make sense if, if, if we have to, you know, it's kind of like ripping off the bandaid. You know, it's it, why, would you, why would you do it like uh, in two parts if you can just like rip it off? Of course, it, it will cause some turbulence. And I'm, I am sure that um, this will cause um, some. Um, it might annoy some of their uh, voters, and and perhaps yes, in the rural areas as well. But I don't think that this would be a reason that you know their rural voters would not vote for them in f- four years because this is something that will blow over in two years uh, if it's done quickly. If the marriage equality, let's say, if it's done by, by I don't know, uh, end of June, then uh, then there comes Midsummer's Night, and then Estonians are basically, you know, they're offline for two two months, and when they when they turn back into the city, they, they even maybe maybe they maybe even many of them can actually go at, and attend some cool weddings, you know, and, yeah. and then the, then that uh, you know gives gives uh, gives other perspectives. So so all in all, yeah. Uh, of course, it might be that uh, you know the uh, the elections for the European Parliament is uh, is in in a year, hmm. so maybe this is their concern. But then again, you know those who vote for the European Parliament usually are the kind of anyway the co- co- more more liberal minded voters, uh, and it's the vote you know their their Reform Party has an advantage, anyways. So yeah. so yeah. Mm, uh, Maybe they maybe they just haven't thought about it and they just didn't really um, have a good feeling about it. And just over this last weekend, when you know there was there was my Facebook post, but um, from my Facebook post or related to that or, or on the background of that, for example, the uh, biggest uh, business daily Arribab published their um, op-ed, I, I think, um, their editorial, which was I think on Friday, which where where they were quite. Uh, and this was a newspaper that actually gave uh, a recommendation to vote for the reform party just like uh, you know <laughs> a month and a half ago and this is now the same newspaper said that hey reform party what are you doing why are you pulling brakes this is your chance move, move ahead and you know maybe uh, you know like you said that um, big parties like such as reform and center party that they're sometimes you know um, not very strict on their agenda they're kind of like nimble and and they move they can they can you know bend uh bend this way and that way 
but you know sometimes it's a good thing because you know that means that they're responsive they can they actually measure the kind of public perceptions and they actually change their own uh, policies or approaches to, uh, to some issues and I think this might be actually the case that uh, they just saw what's going on on Twitter they saw what's going on on Facebook they saw how the media was responding uh, they're probably their own uh, party members were uh, asking uh, uh, asking questions that you know why are we doing this I mean I, I just I just imagine knowing knowing people at the reform party and 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 many of my friends who are kind of like probably um, uh, on the progressive side of the reform party um, I just imagined how they are and you know members of the parliament and maybe even ministers how they would feel if they would have to explain themselves their families their friends and their voters that it was a reform party who who pulled brakes on marriage equality so I think you know the media background kind of like gave some um, grip for them and their arguments as well, vis-a-vis -vis with the probably more conservative wing of the Reform Party. Yeah, and uh, if if I were a political spin doctor and I wanted uh, the politics to go in a certain way, um, hi highlighting the glue in the gears that was preventing it from doing so would uh, would be a handy thing for me to do. I'm, I'm not asking you to comment on that, by the way, but... Uh, um, well, that was, that was actually public information. I mean, uh, this, this, was, uh, this was what the media, uh, media kind of picked up themselves because um, they had questionnaires that were filled before uh, postimens i think they used uh, they they took postimens um, questionnaire as a basis and the postimens question questionnaire uh, basically included all the candidates from all the parties and the candidates had to uh, take a position on a particular issue and marriage equality was one of the issues and so basically it was quite easy to look up what the look up the the postimens questionnaire for the uh, for for the candidates and just uh, look, uh, compare it with with those who actually are you know have a mandate uh, for the parliament uh, at the reform party and see who answered uh, no or rather no uh, mm. when it comes to marriage equality so it was it was actually a no brainer it, it didn't need a spin doctor or it, it didn't yeah. it didn't need like a huge research work because you know those people had kind of like positioned themselves already in that questionnaire and it was concrete on the paper and they couldn't say that no, it wasn't me, or no, that's not how I think now, or you know. Yeah. Um, on the previous pods, uh, Marius and I were talking about how most Estonian governments do not stand the course of um, a parliamentary cycle. Uh, usually, there is some change in the coalition. Now, in some cases, that's due to friction between the leadership groups. In, in some cases, it's just because the public gets tired of them. And in some cases, they can't get their policy program through. But there is usually a change. So on, on average, there's maybe maybe two years if we're lucky uh, we were saying um, in our opinion to get through the more liberal policies and bills that um, that um, progressives in Estonia really want to see uh, before, before you know potentially one of the conservative or family values in inverted commas centered parties um, comes comes back into a coalition um, do, do you follow that logic or do you believe that uh, this uh, liberal coalition uh, can stand the course? Because there, there's going to be a lot of resistance to each of these bills that you've talked about. 
Uh, well, uh, I think this time it's it's slightly more uh, more difficult because uh, as pretty much everywhere, Estonian politics has become um, more polarized as well. And um, let's see, like if we're assuming that it is the reform, uh, uh, we have to exclude the option that all the other uh, four parties uh, or or five parties. Yeah, that, that all the other five parties would team up against the Reform Party. I mean, this this is very yeah. unlikely because Social Democrats and uh, ECRE is not happening, uh, AC200 and ECRE is not happening, uh, and ECRE, Isama and Keskeragon, uh, they just don't have the votes together. Hmm. So um, so, the, so those combinations are, are rather unlikely. Um, and... Uh, well, from the from the perspective of of reform party, I mean, they they can't really um, obviously they they couldn't form a coalition with ECRE because I mean this is now the big nemesis. This is the arch nemesis. They they have to have the nemesis. Uh, uh, it's unlikely that they would form a coalition with with center party because. Center Party and ECRE remains to be seen, but one of one of them or both of them will be the nemesis. So, so, so Reform Party more likely will, will would have to oppose them in four years. One of them or both of them. Mm. Uh, besides, with uh, with Center Party, it's right now we can't really tell which way will they go because I mean they will be uh, they will be um, electing a new leader in in coming months. Uh, if the new leader should be Mihail Gulvart, mm. uh, I think it would be very difficult for Reform Party to form uh, to do a coalition together with uh, Gulvart because I mean, Gulvart is is very unpalatable for the Reform Party voters, and um, you know, switching partners. There's there's always a, a always a, always a chance that you know they will just switch out one of the partners. For example, they would switch out the Social Democrats for uh, for for Isama for Pro Patria. Yeah. But but this also depends whether Isama would elect a new leader. So, so th- this is this is actually a complicated question. I just think that uh, that it, it we can't really take the previous um, experience as a basis here because. Yeah, there's 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 too many variables at this point. Like yeah. whether Isama would get a new leader, whether a Centre Party would get a new leader, and that that all you know plays into the calculations. And uh, it's it's pretty clear that uh, you know Reform Party needs to look out for their own voter base, and for their voter base, both Isama uh, and Keskeragon are quite you know dislikable. And uh, and and Ekre is obviously you know out of question totally. So, so I I don't think that Reform Party has really uh, such a big uh, you know selection of uh, of uh, they don't have as many options as maybe some would like to think that you have with uh, with that huge mandate. Yeah, um, I, a few things to drill into there, and I I'd love to. Uh, um, Get get your experience as well um, on on voter bases and and how exactly they operate and the fact that they don't operate on block uh, so it makes it more difficult to uh, to win them round sometimes but but just before I get there um just to clarify something you mentioned uh, you you mentioned that Kulvat is uh, quite an unpalatable figure for the Reform Party um 
just because we're a podcast that tries to explain these things, um, why why is that, and uh, why would they find him more difficult to work with than um, Yuri Ratas, who was uh, professionally obstructive in the last couple of years? Well, with Yuri Ratas and Kaya Galas, there was uh, obviously there was a lot of uh, personal friction, and uh, and and I think that actually was was something that. That turned out to be kind of like um, that was the, ter- the determining fact- factor why why their coalition couldn't hold because those those two people they, they just couldn't be in the same room uh, never mind to actually have like uh, productive uh, cooperation. Um, Mihail Gulbart now Mihail Gulbart is kind of um, um, well he's been he's been mentioned. Uh, at the um, by by Kapo by the Estonian um, mm. how would you call it defense police uh, security or, or police security police yeah so basically uh, Estonian FBI maybe or or MI five whichever yeah. you would prefer uh, so so in the past uh, Kapo has has mentioned uh, Mihail Kulvart as uh, um, uh, kind of one of the Russian agents or kind of like very russian leaning um persona or politician i, I think uh, um for for probably legal reasons i should point out that uh Kulvart has said there's no evidence to that um but also i should probably point out that uh, uh um, be, being aligned with the aims of Russia does not necessarily mean that uh, Sergei Lavrov has spoken to you but yes yeah. I, I i agree it was mentioned by capo yes Yes. Uh, well, it was mentioned. He was mentioned by Gappo, and uh, there was even. Uh, I think they even went went to court for that, and uh, well, the court didn't. Uh, I, I think. I think at the, at the end, like uh, the court didn't like satisfy Kulvar's complaint. Um, but yeah, in, in no means uh, am, am I saying that Kulvar is is kind of like a Russian influence agent, like working alongside with Kremlin or whatnot. Uh, no, this is this is not an issue. However, his political persona and his voter base is um, is kind of like the Russian-speaking parts of Tallinn, and perhaps um, you know it would be also the the um, the parts of northeastern Estonia, Idaviroma, Narva. That that for those voters, because uh, Center Party has lost a lot of traction there as well uh, over the past years with Yuri Ratas. So Mihail Kulvart might be a way to kind of uh, remobilize and bring back those um, um, th- this voter base with uh, this Russian-speaking voter base, um, which might be actually somewhat of a good good news for Reform Party because you know uh, the Center Party used to be the arch nemesis for the Reform Party for for years and years, and they they Reform Party was was used used them very successfully as the devil, and and uh, and and it was very um, lucrative for uh, for Reform Party because this is this is by attacking Center Party, and they're kind of like that their voter base is Russian, so uh, so they are also kind of like more Russian minded, and the Reform Party is more Western minded, so so they were kind of like just riding on this uh, opposition with with Center Party for years, and it was very lucrative for the Reform Party. Uh, however, with Yuri Ratas, this argument kind of faded away. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't useful anymore. So this is why the the big narrative, the big uh, 
dual the big debate this elections was between reform party and uh, and ECRA, mm-hmm. the national conservatives so um they ju- they just kind of picked the other arch nemesis uh we when if should mihail gulvart we uh, become the leader of the center party um it it could be kind of like a signal of center party you know kind of going back after its russian uh, speaking um motor base and this in turn is kind of useful for reform party because they can um they can once again build on that um build on that conflict or kind of like build on that um imagological um opposition if yeah. if, if it makes sense <laughs> yeah i i just think mihal kolvat potentially becoming leader at the center party is a prime example of you don't need to be good at your job to get promoted because uh, you know as as the mayor of tallinn he's overseen um one one of the uh, most muddled urbanizations um i've um that there has been uh he's uh memory hold or um, um half ignored the uh, european green capital uh um um uh, status which they which they seem so proud of winning and you know they're they're remo- removing trees at increasing rates um and um it, it basically seems to be a kind of investment bank for construction companies, Tallinn, at the moment. So, uh, you know, in, in terms of looking looking at his uh, previous uh, um, records um, of administration, I, I, I wouldn't say it augurs well, but I'm not a centre party voter, so I don't know. Well, it depends. I mean, uh, really, I have no insight to centre party and their kind of like internal life. So I, I'm kind of like i would refrain myself from from uh, speculating here but uh, uh but from their perspective i mean mihail gulvart has a really strong voter base this is a fact he brings he brings the votes and he's um and this this is what eventually what what counts in politics uh whether he has done um, um, a spectacular job in Tallinn, yes, this is uh, arguable, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but um, also worth keeping in mind that that Tallinn is uh, there's a lot of a lot of um, kind of um, you know it's the system has been worked in like as it is. Uh, for for uh, dec- decades um, since Edgar Savisar and so on, it's uh, it's also it's operating somewhat as a food chain uh, for for central party. So so yeah, but um, he he might just have the charisma and and the appeal for some of the uh, central party members who feel that that maybe Yuri Ratas has kind of like has failed. And I mean, in political terms, we must be honest. I mean, it was the second elections in a row where uh, Centre Party lost seats at the parliament. Mm. And whereas, you know, uh, the last time, Yuri Ratas somehow managed to kind of like... Um, compensate for it by just you know making the coalition coalition where he became the prime minister instead of kaya Gallas, who actually won uh, the uh, the elections i mean this this shows some political skills that even without winning the elections you, you are still like you have the um 
political shoulder or kind of you can influence other parties to kind of rather co- cooperate with you instead of the winner um but now yeah now now they now they lost now they lost big time and and this is kind of maybe more difficult for yuri ratas to kind of um dismiss let's just put it this way yes uh, i i was frankly astonished that he held on for a week or two after the elections uh, i i think um, it it uh, shows that sana marin stepped down like the next day so yeah. you know it's yeah. the, the culture is different it 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 showed a party which is uh, not uh, known for owning up to its responsibilities but still uh, coming on to your party because I, I i'm really interested in the um attempted sort of evolution of what a social democrat party looks like um when lauri lanemets became leader i i believe one of the key cogs of his platform if i can mix a metaphor in that way was that uh, he wanted to appeal to more than you know your your kalamaya you know your 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 tallinn city center socialists your your hipsters he wanted to uh, um he, he he wanted to try and build a strong center left platform around the country um how successful do you feel Lauri Lanemets and the party have been doing that? And uh, what does what does the future look like for the Social Democrats over the next few years? Um, I would say Lauri has been um, rather successful. And I mean, can I can I really claim anything else since I am his <laughs> advisor? So um, there's a slight slight conflict of interest here, but. <laughs> Uh, but you know, this is one of the reasons that I uh, I was I started working with Lauri even before he became the minister. We were working. I was I was advising him uh, when he was running for the uh, party leadership as well. And and the reason was that well, we have to we have to see the uh, let's just take like the simple maths. There's 101 seats in, in, in the parliament, right? So uh, from somewhere came SD 200 and took uh, I don't know 15 16 how many seats do they have sorry I, I can't uh, 14 I think 14 yeah so uh, they took 14 uh, seats from liberal votes and then there was a reform party who increased their uh, positions uh, based on liberal votes and these all couldn't have come from center party and they definitely didn't come from Isama or 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 or, or Ekre. Uh, at least not in that big part. So there was kind of like a movement of uh, of voters, and I think that um, social democrats, when when AST two hundred entered the political uh, landscape in Estonia, uh, it was I was it was it was quite sure that some of the traditional um, social democrat, um, as you pointed out, Kalamaya hipster voters, it was it was quite anticipated that some of those voters will eventually lean towards SD200 anyways, because they were, those voters were not for social democrats because they think that, you know, not not because that they were, their political uh, um, leaning is is, is left wing. They were just because of the image of social democrats as the liberal, as the most maybe like the friendliest or, or kind of like the the, the friendly and the cute alternative and also kind of like a hipster alternative to reform party because reform party is so mainstream so you know let's go with social democrats just to just to be more interesting you know um uh yeah but uh, but jokes aside i mean there has been uh there has been movement in the voter base 
and social democrats did only lose one seat eventually whereas you know a reform party gained seats uh uh st 200 uh entered strong with 14 mandates so i mean the damage could have been quite more severe and i think that um the social democrats were quite uh, remained strong uh also outside of Tallinn. for example there were there were results in sarama there were results also in uh uh, in in uh, southern Estonia, uh, in in central Estonia. So, all in all, I guess I guess we can say that you know some of some of the previous uh, mo- majority, I would say majority of the previous voter base of the Kalama hipsters or whatnot, they they remained with social mm-hmm. democrats. But even if we look at the statistics, um, uh, for example, I know that social democrat voters uh, compared to those who were like year ago. Are, for example, they are more. There are more men amongst the uh, vo- uh, social democrat voters or, or or their voter base. So there has been slight movements. Uh, I think uh, social democrats lost some of their voters uh, to AST two hundred, but I think that uh, they picked up a fair bit of voters. For example, from center party, who lost votes. Hmm. So so this movement from social democrats um, to AST two hundred was inevitable but now the question was whether and from where we can take the bite the share to compensate for the loss yeah because if if you look at the simple um calculus of seats you you would say that they're in about the same position but actually um to to get to, to get to the same position as you said they, they they've had to make considerable gains from other parties because of the presence of st200 which wasn't a consideration um um in the last parliamentary cycle so uh, you you would view the past election in spite of having roughly the same number of seats as being um as as being a victory in terms of those uh, those votes gained would you uh i would i would say yeah because uh let's just you know it depends from 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 where you look at this uh um only a few months before the elections uh there was actually like a public there was like public discussions whether social democrats would actually even 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 make it to the parliament this time because some of the polls were being very pessimistic you know we were talking about six percent uh six to seven percent uh, so if you if you take this as the basis, then you know uh, nine mandates is is not that bad, uh, and you know creating recreating the image and uh, kind of like building building a new uh, voter base, it's not something you can do um, that has that can have the full effect in only just like six months, or I mean. Lauri, uh, Lauri became the party party leader uh, chairman a year ago, and he was relatively unknown for the wider audience. He was he was a total uh, newcomer for the mainstream politics of Estonia. He came. He was just he was just viewed as some kind of like a country boy. Mm. Um, so, uh, and in order to uh, for the party to kind of uh, perform uh, successfully. I mean, I would say 80% for the Reform Party were votes for Kaya Gallas. Never mind who actually got the vote, but, you know, people voted for Kaya Gallas for her leadership. And I think, you know, uh, it's the same with all the parties, that people often vote for not maybe their own local candidate, but, but for the party leader who is kind of like visible national, in national level. 
So yeah, uh, it's I guess I guess what my point is that uh, this was a long-term project, anyways. This uh, these elections now were kind of like this was survival mode. If we can like you know um, just uh, come through that with minimal damage, then you know this is already a victory for us. And now we have like four years to kind of like uh, start building a new base. You know, uh, maybe attract new people to the party. Um, attract new members uh, and and kind of not not say that you know rebuild the image uh, but kind of maybe improve the image that we are not only about um, uh, that, that that you can you can that you can be successfully uh, say pro marriage equality uh, pro um, uh, equality uh, you know uh, in general. Hmm. Uh, but you can also, meanwhile, being being for all of that, you can also actually um, take real steps uh, to improve um, the uh, the living uh, conditions and and the uh, incomes of the uh, poorest part of the population. Yeah, which and, is um, which, which is classical social democracy, actually. You know, so yeah, so. Yeah. And how important also, I wonder, is it uh, to think in terms of candidate selection and in terms of where people go on the list, in terms of um, who who doesn't look or walk or talk exactly like a typical politician as people would see it? So, for example, um, Anet Malitjarev, uh, they were uh, 21 votes off getting into Riggi Kogu on, 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 on a compensation mandate. That's surely got to be the key, finding eye-catching and interesting candidates from outside of the political bubble and people who seem like they are, um, well, normal people uh, who don't seem like professional politicians. Because if you look at the other parties, uh, the majority of people coming in and standing for election and taking it seriously are people who come from, you know, the PR industry, come from the young wing of the party, that they're, they're not necessarily experienced people who've worked in proper jobs, as you might put it, but uh, it seems like a lot of Social Democrat candidates are. Um, is that a big difference maker, would you say? I think there's uh, Social Democrats are, are quite, maybe a bit more mixed, yes, but it depends, again, who you compare to. I mean, Centre Party is... Is, is this is this is kind of like um, self-reproducing organization, and and uh, uh, most of their people come from, uh, you know, they from from local. They just start rising from local local politics, and they are just stick with the party, and then they go up until to the very top. Like I mean, as Yuri Ratas did, as Mihail Gorbat has, as Jana Tom, you know, just just name whoever like the top center party figure, and they're all kind of like they they they've grown from the party uh, ecosystem. Um, whereas, for example, if you take Reform Party, I would say it's fifty fifty because Reform Party successfully attracts uh, new people pretty much every uh, election cycle. Um, there are definitely more names, but for example, um, this time I think um, there was uh, there was this uh, uh, general physician who was very uh, Carmen Carmen Yollar, I think. Yes. Was, who's and, and she, she 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 was she came in quite strong. So uh, uh, Car- Carmen Yollar is uh, the. Um, uh, family doctor, general practitioner who usually appears on Estonian media. She's uh, she's very well known as 
essentially the doctor that people go to for professional health advice on television. And uh, so a huge name recognition there, yeah. A huge name recognition, and especially uh, during the COVID. But from uh, COVID uh, times also, Iria Lutzer uh, at AST200. But of course, uh, majority of AST200 candidates are actually like, you know, fresh faces because this is a new party. Social Democrats, I think, is uh, is is at this point is is slightly mixed. Um, uh, I mean, Annette Annette Malater, who relationship with the Social Democrats is goes goes back a bit bit further than just this election cycle. Um, but uh, yes, I, I think I think when you it's it's, it's actually a good question um, because I myself hasn't been. Uh, with social democrats for such a long time uh, i only started working with laudi a year and a half ago and uh, so i i can't really say that i know the whole party kind of internal ecosystem and history but but from my kind of like semi outsider semi insider uh, viewpoint uh, i think there's uh, there's quite a bit of uh, the kind of old guard that is in the parliament at the moment but we can see that there, there are also um, kind of fresh, uh, fresh faces, fresh people uh, um, coming in as well. But this is true uh, that um, social democrats, their youth organization, is not what maybe we call in Estonia as as, um, as kind of like a chicken farm or bro- <laughs> broiler broiler farm. That, that you know in 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 reform party yes they have like this youth organization and they always have like fresh, some fresh faces coming on from there like for example Erki Geldo or uh, or or Pato Peter Pere exactly so so they have like those people coming in from from the kind of like the party youth organizations as does uh, center party as actually Isama has always had like a pretty strong uh, youth party. But, for example, in Social Democrats, they do have the youth organization, but those young people there uh, in in the youth organization, um, from my experience, they are rather uh, idealists and kind of like, um, they are not in that youth party in order to achieve political success, but they are rather there because of their ideas and they kind of like uh, want to support the party but not necessarily to uh, in order to uh, advance their own uh, political ambitions. So, so I think this is this is the question. So, so social democrats is kind of maybe more open from uh, in that way. Social democrats is more open for for um, people um, joining their ranks from from outside. Uh, this time, from my viewpoint, maybe social democrats. It was it was the most difficult for social democrats to uh, attract. Um, new uh, new faces or, or new people uh, to join their ranks, and uh, the um, the challenge was uh, that the polling was quite low, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, that, if, for example, if we take the um, polling for social democrats in in November or or October, it was quite you know um, uneasy and and and. If, in order, if you want to attract new faces and, and you know the real heavyweights, they really want to be convinced that if they join you, that you can actually, you know, that they can get get somewhere with you. For example, so Carmen Yolan, you know, 
she can be she has a you know she has a choice between reform party and uh, social democrats and with reform party she can be quite sure that she will actually get to the parliament uh that she doesn't just campaign for the just for the sake of campaigning you know so the risk for her personally is lower than for example to go with social democrats and yeah so i think uh, there were there were many i know that there were many consultation with with many more um people from outside of politics professionals uh, who would uh, who were kind of interested in in running with the social democrats but um on a personal level i i understand that you know for someone who's a professional in their own field respected field um going to politics is anyways um kind of like a leap of faith uh and, and with uh with social democrats and their um you know uh their support and polling back then it was it was just a very high, higher leap than with 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 perhaps reform party or or is the 200 same way so. mm. um finally if i can um I, I was surprised to be directed to um, uh, the substack of Kadri Kosar recently. Uh, she's uh, she's a candidate. Uh, um, I, I believe she... Hang on, uh, let's pause for a sec. Did Kadri Kosar get elected? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I didn't think so either. Um, but, but she has been with the Social Democrats for a long time and she has always been kind of, uh, at least what I understood, is that she's uh she's running for the sake of supporting social democrats in every right. way she can so it's it's not her ambition to uh, at least as far as i've understood it it hasn't been her ambition to actually uh become a member of the parliament or to interact in politics right so kadri kosa um well, well known as a firebrand film director in estonia um and um, did, didn't seem like somebody whose substack I would necessarily go to for um, talking points on nuclear energy. Uh, so I, I was surprised to see her posting um, a series of cherry-picked talking points on uh, why why nuclear energy actually works as an alternative, um, uh, much better than much better than renewable energy. Um, uh, and uh, she she's since been backed up by um, Evelise Padar, another candidate for the party. Um, my question, therefore, is: uh, Are the Social Democrats being bitten by the nuclear lobby, and um, uh, is is the Social Democrat uh, um, um, push towards green energy uh, in showing any sign of wavering among the membership? In your opinion, Social Democrats is, um, and this is this is where I can actually bring a comparison uh, based on my uh, previous uh, experience with the Reform Party. Uh, so I have the user experience from from the vote and from my from my own user experience, I can say that uh, uh, social democrats are uh, the the democracy within the party is a lot more uh, vivid compared to the reform party. Meaning that that uh, reform party members uh, are um, a lot more perhaps. Uh, um, they are more likely to follow the guidance of their leadership, whereas uh, the, within the social democrats, um, their leadership is is in a worse position because they are kind of like their <laughs> their members see them see see and look for every opportunity to challenge the leadership. You know, when when reform party supports its leadership, 
then uh, social democrats uh, their party uh, kind of like always looks for for the next good uh, reason or or opportunity to challenge their leadership and uh, i guess nuclear energy is the same way uh, from my personal um, contacts uh, w- which are only like few uh, with Katri Gusar um, i'm fairly sure that she made her mind about nuclear energy uh, way, way before that even became an issue in Estonia. And I think it's actually, you can even um, backtrack it, that she was uh, talking about nuclear energy even before we had Fermi and Erga and whatnot who Mm. are doing the active nuclear lobby lobby now. So she, um, uh, from at least from, from from my brief conversations with her, she has been supporting it for uh, for 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 years and years. So um, so I, I don't think she's beaten by the lobby. And and within the social democrats, there are um, yes, there are several um, local members who are very um, pro nuclear, and then there are ones who are not. And I mean, and in social democrats, this is it is totally okay to have this disagreement and to kind of debate it out. I mean, uh, I'm not a member myself, uh, and Lauri is, for example, is uh, against nuclear energy. But me myself, I have to say that, and and I'm not being lobbied or or whatever. Uh, it's just, for example, me, I still consider nuclear energy as as a sensible option. And and, uh, and and I'm rather pro nuclear energy myself, hmm. and and we can have those debates with Lauri, and this is normal for him, and this is normal within the social democrats, and um, this is normal for social democrats that you know those mem- that their members can be um, can go out with their own positions, and and you know no the party won't tell you to shut up, right. And, well, um, v- v- Votila Pai is the uh, political advisor to, or um, has been the political advisor to Lauri Lanimets uh, as the Minister of the Interior, and um, it's been a real pleasure to uh, talk to you about your uh, Facebook post about the difference it may have made, and uh, you know why we <laughs> let's 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 cross our fingers and hope, yeah, um, and uh, why we could be uh, heading into um, a quite appealing. Uh, period of coalition government let's again keep our fingers crossed um so yeah thanks for thanks for coming on yeah well thanks for inviting Stuart. and um you can uh find questonia on twitter uh at questonia pods you can uh find us on uh mastodon as well um that's questonia at est.social and um you can also email us questoniapod at gmail.com um looking forward to uh hearing from you uh, so thank you very much for listening to questonia and until the next time goodbye